0: don't grade everything come on people welcome to hallway conversations we're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to christian educators welcome to the conversation Welcome
1: to the 89th episode of the Hallway Conversations Podcast. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroot,
0: And I'm Dave Mulder.
1: Friends, we're always looking for topics of conversation and feedback, so please email us or send us a recording of your questions to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. We are looking for relevant and timely ideas, so please let us know if you have a show topic ruminating around in your head. We'd love to hear from you. Addie and Dave, we're nearing the end of the semester. And lately, I've been looking at my grading pile. It's not getting less. No?
0: Oh, it's that's not. so weird. I
1: also have a daughter who's in her first year as an English teacher and also talk to her sometimes about yeah. about grading and mm. feeling the weight of that. And I know we all feel that as a former English teacher. Yeah. I, I feel Absolutely. that just thinking about her work. And And one of the things I've been wondering about is the importance of giving good feedback and honoring student work with good assessment. And also wondering if there's a way to do that and be more efficient mm-hmm. mm. in our grading. So yes. can we can we honor student work with effective assessment that is more efficient <laughs> than the way we do it now? And maybe the answer to that is no, but I believe that there's a way. Like I there, think there's, there strategies. Needs to be there's strategies. Yeah, there's right? yeah. strategies. And so I guess I'm just thinking about what encouragement might we have Um, for the teachers listening in terms of saying, how can I be, what advice might we give in being more efficient? That doesn't lead us to feeling guilty right. that we're not doing enough because right. I think that's a, that's a real thing. So
0: that's a great question,
1: Abby. I'm going to put you put you on the spot. I know you yeah. think deeply about us, about assessment. So does Dave, but just yeah, initial thoughts. Anything come to mind?
2: Yeah, I'm going to point to a couple of resources because it turns out we're not the only people that think about this question.
1: Hey, after <laughs> <As laughs> <to> all, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so um, we'll have Dave put in the show notes a couple of resources. One is from um, it's an infographic from. Todd Finley who's an associate professor of English education at East Carolina University and um, he does these little infographics and one of them is on efficient grading hey, um, I, the like other, it. I know the other one is from um, the Cult of Pedagogy and um, blog, which uh, she's a former teacher, now turned blogger, who I point my students to her stuff all the time. So good. Um, it's so good. She's got great, just a really professional website dedicated to a lot of resources, and she has some mm. tips for efficient creating yeah. there as well. So if you want to dig into this topic more deeply, and also just know that we drew from those sources as we were yeah. thinking about this. So one of the things I think about writing a lot... Um, and one thing that I always tell my method students who are going to be one of those first-year English teachers very soon and mm. will be buried yeah. um, in piles is, you know, if you think of yourself as a student and you get a paperback, if it's covered in random marks, what is your reaction to that, mm. right?
1: Well, as someone who received a lot of yeah. back <laughs> with a lot of mark- markup, a yeah. lot of it was like... This is, this is overwhelming. Right. Yeah. I'm done. I'm right. actually done before I look at Correct. it. Correct. Mm. Right?
2: So we talk a lot in that class about how that can lead to wasted time on the teacher's part because yeah. the students can't receive it effectively, and sure. therefore it makes no difference yeah. in their work. And so we talk a lot about focusing feedback on one or two skills at a time. Oh, Yeah. Like when you're doing something like writing. Right? So if you are focusing a unit on, let's say, effective transitions, read Mm. for those.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right? Mm. Um, Have students read for those. I always tell my students, read process drafts so that you're not...
0: You don't get blindsided by something. You don't
2: have have... like a hundred papers yeah. that you're seeing for the first time on a weekend. Right. Right. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. students get to this point, you're going to do a quick read through of their intro paragraph. You're yeah. going to do a quick read through of their outline before they even get to their intro paragraph to make uh, sure they're yeah. on the right, yeah. you know, and give feedback continually so that you don't get a paper yeah. that you're then seeing mm-hmm. a finished draft of where students can't go back and make any changes along the way. So a lot of formative Feedback and also read for one or two specific things, and again, that's specific to English, but sure. that's kind of my where I start with my students. I
0: think that's applicable across content areas, because I think about all the lab reports I used to read right. when I was a right. middle school science teacher, and similarly, like there's common there's common things the students do well, and there's common problem areas, mm-hmm. right? And so that's maybe one of my strategies, is to say, if I know that there's going to be some common areas, do I need to give that feedback individually to every student? Yeah. Like, right. are there times that we can give group feedback to the whole class? Because right. honestly, that's way more efficient. Put a
2: couple of examples up on the board. Right. Right? Have them look at their own stuff.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then they can self-evaluate Correct. and compare to an exemplar and say, oh, yeah, I totally missed this yeah. section. Do you guys use yeah. exemplars? Can I mm-hmm. ask? Because yeah. I know, I've talked to teachers who have different
1: reactions to that because some worry that by putting that up, mm. it stymies creativity because sure. now it's like it needs to look like that. And, yeah, um, yeah, I, like I personally really think they have tons of potential, but I'm just wondering that's a really yeah. important
0: question, though. I think that, and and I see that. I see both sides of that yeah. issue, right? Like, yes, in some sense, if you show them the perfect example, then that's what they're going to yeah. slavishly follow and just do yeah. exactly that thing. But I think this is where, if you can have a couple of different yeah. examples mm-hmm. that get at the same basic yeah. learning target and to say, mm-hmm. here's an example of how someone did it, and here's another example of how someone and here's another example of how yeah. someone did it. And as long as you've got, you know, they meet the criteria of whatever the yeah. assignment, the yeah. writing, the project, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, that can help. Sometimes just having one exemplar... Is is enough though. Yeah. I, that also depends. So I'll give you, a, for instance, uh, in Intro to Ed, we, we write uh, just like a paragraph of reflection each week basically every week of the, of the semester, well, the first time they're writing one of those, I want to put a good one in front of that mm-hmm. so that they have an idea. Like, yeah. this is what it looks like. Yeah. I say a meaty paragraph. If it's two yeah. or three sentences, that's probably mm-hmm. not enough. It doesn't need to be a page, yeah. right? Um, and to give them an example. And so it's one that I wrote mm-hmm. for them um, to just kind of get, help them get the picture of it. Well, then I give them a lot of feedback on that first mm-hmm. one that they do because I know that if I invest a lot of time on that first right. one, I don't yeah. have to right. invest yeah. as much time right. on so every subsequent one. So being strategic. Yeah. So that's maybe another strategy, right? Pick and choose when we're yeah. gonna give detailed uh, feedback.
1: One of the other things that I've noticed, like I've tried more to not grade everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I but I also hear feedback at times from students that says like no no grade to them indicates not as important
0: mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah.
1: no val like no value. And I know that's sort of been conditioned. Sure. So I, I've just been wrestling with that idea of of, hey, well, I'm not going to grade it. And how do you respond when students that say, "Well, what? Why should I? Why should I do it? Because mm. it's so." Like I said, it's part of their learning story. Yeah, that things of value get graded, things of value don't. So I'm even once so I I believe that's one way to be more efficient is not to grade everything. Mm-hmm. But I also wrestle with um, how might you respond to a student who says, or who has that mindset, and any thing come to mind. Yeah.
0: Well, immediately something we talked about with Val um, last week when Val Donna Val was with us here, and one of the things she was saying was uh, kind of getting at that idea, right? Like, when when do students actually need the, the feedback on, on things, yeah. right? Like, they don't need everything to be graded, and maybe we need to flip that script a little bit that sometimes it is just practice because that's mm-hmm. where it's going to be yeah. developed, yeah. and do they need a grade on that? Could we could we just grade for completion? Yeah. Hey, you did the thing. You did right. the practice.
2: Right. Could there be like a pass-fail sort of option? Right, right, right. Or- or- which complete i complete
0: right in yeah. classes
2: i also um, i have students do practice teaching lessons to each other mm. they'll do peer yeah. teaching lessons and i don't grade them yeah. and mm. students don't grade them but i consistently get feedback that that's one of the most powerful learning experiences yeah. in our class but they give each other a lot of written feedback okay. yeah so yeah. the feedback is the valuable piece to them but mm. there is absolutely like as long as they show like yeah. they have to it's a it's a real audience. Yeah. They can't come to class yeah. and sure. not be prepared, right? Because right. that's like nobody's ever not come prepared yeah. to yeah. that exercise, yeah. even though it's not graded. Well, but there's a high there's stakes a, component to it, There's a high right? stakes, like real life mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: component to that. Yeah. So I also think. Yeah, and and I give feedback in the moment, and then sure. but students find it to be a really valuable experience, even though it's it's not reflected in yeah. my grade book at all. Yeah,
0: As you say that, though, Abby, I'm thinking about so what would be the analog for in a K-12 setting, right? In higher ed, when we're working with future teachers, that maybe right. it's one thing, right? But I'm thinking like even okay, when I was a middle school science teacher, I did not grade every single thing that students did, and that's okay, right? Like. There's a lot of the active work that we're doing in Mm -hmm. class. They're working in the science lab. I don't need to give them a grade for what they did in class today, right? Um, I can just, like, be present and observing what's happening in the classroom and take the temperature of the room. Like, how are they doing? Understanding this, right? And and to do some kind of a formative assessment strategy, an exit ticket or Mm -hmm. something like that, that gives me some specific information. I don't need to grade that right Mm -hmm. and and so to let ourselves off the hook i guess there are times where yeah this is something that i definitely need to grade students definitely need feedback because this is a substantial piece of work where it's summative and it's gonna you know uh, give real indication how did you pull all the pieces together like yeah they definitely need feedback on those but let's let ourselves off the hook for some of Mm -hmm. those small stuff then
1: yeah yeah i was thinking about that even in grading or assessing papers like do I make a comment on comment on every comma splice? Every, oh, yeah, minute, every yeah. right? And and finding that balance, right? Of of maybe just circling it or putting a star by it, just mm. a, a check mark or like but not feeling like I have to also write like here's what it is, like yeah. like <laughs> commas and here's why. But just right. hey make them aware, make them aware. And then actually sort of letting them decide what they want to do with it, to be honest. Sure. And mm-hmm. and I think that, I think there's something good about that saying, hey, you just need to know something is amiss here, but I'm going to let you decide to t- how much ownership, ownership to take of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, as, as you were talking about students sort of giving feedback and ass- assessing mm-hmm. each other, have you ever had students assess themselves? Oh, I'm just yeah. wondering, or like are they, like, even in terms of being more efficient, like I'm thinking of, you know, like so here's the paper and I'm going to give you feedback on it, but also here's the rubric,
2: mm-hmm.
1: read your paper through this rubric, yeah. give yourself feedback on the yeah. rubric, now now go make, go make the changes almost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I also just think, again, is it? it's about, hey, we can be more efficient, but it's also, hey, like make them aware of more aware of even of what they're handing in, right, what, they're, what
2: they're submitting. And, um, it's I did it. that a lot with rough drafts when I taught yeah. K-12. Yeah, Come with a rough draft, here's your rough draft due date, and now yeah. we're going to look at, yeah. and I had access to them often electronically, yeah. so I would, again, sure. pull out common things that I was seeing, mm-hmm. yeah. have them go in their papers, fix yeah. them yeah. before, and, and that's part of process writing yeah. too, right? And I think we can do that with a lot of projects or Yeah, types of assessment.
1: Because I think sometimes it's like, hey, I'm here. I'm gonna. I put this paper together. I do a a once through. I had. I. I've handed it in. I'm done. And there's there's a part. And I get a lot of good papers, but it's also at times where I want to say, do you, do you know what you handed in? Like, do you want? Yeah. Like, or just even to be aware, right? Like. Like, are you aware, like, are, have you really read the rubric and where does the part of the paper that mm-hmm. meets this yeah. this part of the rubric and where is the part of the paper that meets this? Because sometimes I think in a sense they think they've yep. done that.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then
1: just wondering, yeah. okay, well, you show me the evidence. Yeah. Where, where I have methods. students
2: annotate their own work sometimes. Interesting. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that yeah. a little bit? Yeah. So I do it with lesson plans and I have them, like, do an annotated lesson plan it's with my um, literacy in the content area. So it's often high school or they're going to be high school teachers who are trying to implement literacy activities in science and math and art and history. And um, they have to label them for me and talk about which strategies they used from the texts that we're studying and um, how they're accommodating for kids who struggle and for kids who are more advanced. And they have to like point it out on their paper and then they have to reflect on because they do a peer feedback too yeah. and then they have to tell me what they changed after wow. that peer yeah. feedback. And it's like it's that mindfulness about the assignment that I think yeah. produces a better Mindfulness. Yeah, it's good work. that's a really good. Yeah, word. a better final product
0: do you guys ever have, like, I'm thinking about ways of leveraging technology to help come to techie mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. Do you ever do, like, auto graded quizzes? Mm-hmm. Or things like that? Yeah, and mm-hmm. this is something for, if it's straight up, just, like, yeah. I want you to know this stuff. I want you yeah. to, like, be able to recall this stuff. Yeah. I think that's a great strategy yeah. for being able to automate like some Google of the feedback. Google
2: Classroom, totally. Canvas. Yep, mm-hmm. yep,
0: that you can build a quiz and students take the quiz online and they get immediate feedback on here's the ones you got right, here's yeah. the ones you got mm-hmm. wrong. You can make those low stakes, the let them yep. do redos and retakes on them, right? Because even that becomes practice then. The yeah. ones you got wrong, well, now you have an opportunity to right. try them and again. You can,
2: you can even build, like most of them, you can build question banks. So if they retake yeah. it, they can get a different set of right. questions. Yeah.
0: Yep. But I think that can be a really helpful way. Like I say, there's there are things. I want students to just know things, yeah. too. Right. Like part of being yep. educated is just knowing things off the top of your head. And so to be able to check recall that way, that's a mm-hmm. really efficient way to, yeah. to grade that.
1: If, if I said to each of you, or maybe fill in the blank or like a good rubric what makes for a good rubric a good rubric mm. is has <laughs> what, what what and I know it's a whole different podcast but just yeah. because I yeah just as we talk about being more efficient or like hey can can rubrics help be more efficient and then what makes a good rubric just sure. what are some initial because not everyone uses them, and so I'm just curious right. what what comes to mind for each of you
0: well I'll just say I really like rubrics a lot. Okay. If if I'm assigning a paper or a project or presentation, you know some kind of an authentic product like that, I like students to have a rubric because that gives them clarity on well it gives me clarity when I'm grading it, but it yeah. gives them clarity on here's the things yeah. I'm going to be looking for. So I guess that's one thing I would say about a good rubric is not hmm, it, it's going to give them Clarity about the things that matter for this yeah. particular project. So if I don't care about spelling, if that's not the point yeah. of this project, I'm not yeah. going to include that as a criterion yeah. in my in my rubric. Uh, content knowledge always is a priority, yeah. right? Like whatever the thing is, I want to see clear evidence that you clearly know the content. Yeah. And I might have multiple criteria related to yeah. the content depending mm-hmm. on what the project yeah. is. Yeah. Um so I think that's maybe one good principle. Um, the other thing is I, I actually well, I like rubrics too. The difference between a rubric and a criteria chart. Uh, I, I like criteria charts a lot if it's something that can just be more straightforward. Then it's like a. a yes no <laughs> like did you do this or, mm-hmm. or not right and
2: that like with standards based that can be helpful right because yes, like right. here's the standard did you meet it right yes no
0: and it, and it really is just a criterion mm-hmm. checking like did yeah. you did, you, hit did this? you do this did mm-hmm. you do this did yeah. you, yes no uh, yes or not yet yeah. you mm-hmm. know um, I think that's sometimes where people get hung up on creating a rubric it's like well do I have to have five yeah. categories of different descriptors no you do not yeah. have to have five categories of descriptors yeah. because sometimes a yes no or mm-hmm. yes not yet yeah. is enough for that
1: hmm When I... All right, here's my next question. <laughs> when it comes to assessment, teachers should be free to what? Oh. When it comes to assessment, teachers should be free
0: to... Get creative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get creative. Right. I, and I, I say that cautiously but but seriously too uh, you guys know my shtick about playfulness and I think so often we take ourselves way too seriously <laughs> and I think we should take our work seriously yeah. um, but to, to give students creative options to demonstrate what they've learned um there's a tension with that because I think yeah. that means sometimes we have to then have a really good rubric that can be used flexibly across yeah. a lot of different kinds yeah. of projects or something like yeah. that. Um but that could even be something like if I'm gonna give students a quiz at the end of a unit, we can work though they don't have to be boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's there's ways that we can work in some creativity, yeah. right? So um have students help generate the quiz. Yeah. Um I, I always liked putting students' names if I was giving, like, story yeah. problems on the math mm-hmm. test or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like, working in students' names yeah. and activities that they yeah. love. And those are small things, but but they matter. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the kids to see themselves, even in a quiz that they're yeah. going to take. Well, right? I like
1: it. Abby, yeah. uh, anything come to mind if I say yeah. when it comes to assessment, teachers should be free to?
2: Yeah. Yeah, be authentic. Uh-huh. Like, I was talking about that. Teaching, um, But I like creative, too. So oh, yeah. I feel like um, I was just reading an, a research article about a teacher educator who had her um, teacher education students create like these little animations hmm. about teaching scenarios. And she was saying how and she had research to back it up. How much more deeply students thought about what the students experienced in that teaching scenario when they had to put themselves in Mm. the place of like animating that side of it. And how much more they noticed about a teaching scenario than if they just wrote about it. And so I think like the the closer you can get to authentic like scenarios and making students think maybe outside the yeah, box of what yeah. they've done because I've given creative assignments that students have kind of pushed back on like we're not used to this but it does make them think about it and think around it in ways that mm. are good for them and that are yeah. that are deeper yeah. so I think being authentic being creative um not just doing yeah what you've always been done or what you think assessment needs to yeah. look like. Sure. Yeah, interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to release yourself from that. Right.
2: and do and not feel bad about that. Right. Check. There's good reasons for it, and it's actually really yeah. effective. No, it's good. Yeah.
1: Friends, we know your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another Hallway Conversation, whether it's this day, this week, or this month. We hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And we'd like to send you from here with a blessing. So to our listeners, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you have a good week.
0: This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beemers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. It's 80 degrees in northwest Iowa, and it'll probably snow next week. <laughs> Chances, are very, Chances good. are very good. Is that a real thing or are you making that up? I'm totally making it up, okay. and it's probably a real thing. <laughs>